Welcome to our podcast, Forward Through Faith, a Vizleta Lutheran Mission Human Care, where the Word of God relates to you. Welcome. Welcome to Forward Through Faith from Yisleta Lutheran Mission Human Care in El Paso, Texas. My name is Scott Yingle, and I am accompanied by... Carla Gonzalez. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be with you all. My name is Luz Soto. This is our, our first podcast, so welcome. We, we hope that uh, um, it's pleasing to the Lord and also pleasing to you. Um, we are going to focus um, this series... Um, on the kingdom of God and what that what the Lord tells us through his word and today we start with kind of giving a good overview of what the kingdom of God is Um, and Carla and Luce are going to join us in that discussion and uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit um, enlighten lighten all of us yes yes what the Lord's trying to say to us we will do that why don't we start with prayer? Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of steal from uh, King David and the Psalms. Psalm 19, verse 14. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So, what is the kingdom of God? Well, a good point to start will be what the word of God says about it or who came announcing it or who introduced it to us. So, The kingdom of know. God is mentioned multiple times throughout the Gospels, the Gospels being the first four books of the New Testament. And the first time that that phrase is used in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 3. This is John the Baptist coming and he is baptizing people and he is bringing a specific message. So if you go to your Bibles and you go to Matthew, which is the very first book, the very first gospel book of the New Testament, chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 read like this. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So this is the kingdom of heaven that he mentions, right? And you kind of start asking, we're talking about the kingdom of God. So is that the same thing? It is, it is. And um, we, we know why God wanted to relate. He has always tried to relate things to us in, in terms of things what, that we know. And we know that at the time, people um, of that era knew what a kingdom one was. They were oppressed at the time by a kingdom, right? Roman, the Roman kingdom. And they were a people that from ancient time, God always related to them in that way. They, when they started and God called them as a people, he explicitly told them and teach them, I am your king. You will not going to be like the other peoples around in the earth that have a physical uh, flesh and bone king. I am your king, and I'm, I'm going to dwell with you. But then the people, being as we are always, they started complaining, and they wanted a king that they could see. 
And from the moment it started, well, it was it went downwards, right? Well, right. whenever we get a, we get to put a human in charge of what is divine, <laughs> yeah. it will go downwards uh, from the beginning of Genesis yeah. chapter three. It's there it to went, happen. Yeah. right? Um, so as we were saying, you know, we're talking about the kingdom of God. John the Baptist was preaching the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. and after John the Baptist was arrested. Uh, for basically the same for proclaiming that people were doing things that were against God's law, against God's kingdom. Uh, So that's the reason why he was arrested. We have uh, Jesus now on scene. Jesus has officially walked out onto the uh, Middle Eastern dirt, out into the Jerusalem, the Galilee, the Capernaum area. He is now officially out there. And what this basically means is, as John was saying, the kingdom of heaven is near. Now we have the kingdom of heaven. Jesus and Mark, that is your second gospel. And Mark in chapter 1, verse 14, you have, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Yeah. Um, we were saying uh, right now a few minutes ago, right, that once the people knew what a kingdom was and they experienced it for, for hand, they had experienced bad and good about bad and good kingdom kings among them. And then at this time, they're oppressed. They're oppressed by an earthly kingdom, the Roman kingdom. And it's very important to know that John the Baptist came announcing a kingdom drawing near to us, not us coming to this kingdom, not us going to this king, but this king coming to us. And then Christ appeared in the picture stating very firmly, this is the kingdom of God. Not the ones that you are accustomed, not the ones that you have been experiencing from all your history, not the ones that have failed you, not the ones that have oppressed you and have put you down and not free you from all your ailments, right? And so it is very important for us to understand that Christ himself, the first declaration that he does about the kingdom is, this is a kingdom different from what you're accustomed. Who, in kind of complementing what what you've said so far with like with John and Jesus appearing as 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 the king of this of this new kingdom who gives this Jesus the blessing if we read earlier mm-hmm. just a few verses earlier in in the gospel of Mark um, in verses 9 through 11 mm-hmm. John the baptizer actually baptizes Jesus comes Mm-hmm. John doesn't pursue Jesus, but Jesus comes to John and says, baptize me. And as he does, uh, it says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in, of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water immediately, not several days later or weeks later, but immediately he saw the heavens op- being torn open and the spirit with a capital S descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven well who could that be god the father 
you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Mm -hmm. I mean, here you have the creator of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, saying, this is my son, okay, in whom I am well pleased, thus giving Jesus the, the credit, the, the authority, the credentials that he is the king mm -hmm. of God's kingdom. Now, one of the things that um, Carla has been kind of touching on that I think it's important because why is it that these uh, people, these, this Israel, who have the messianic prophecies, who study them, who know them, why do they not recognize their king? Carla, you keep talking about how we understand a kingdom yeah. through our experience. Yes. And the experience for the Israelites, all the way from the beginning when they are first brought out of Egypt, like even in Egypt, their experience yeah. in Egypt, kingdom. which yeah, is the king. first time that they were oppressed, put down their slaves under a kingdom, the mm -hmm. Egyptian kingdom, yeah. right? They go through 40 years of wilderness and they don't understand how to traverse this world without a kingdom. They cross the Jordan River in the place where Jesus was baptized to go into their promised land, the land that God promises them, where he says, I will rule over you. This is how you will live. And then they start seeing all the other nations around them. That is exactly, you, you touch on a word that I really like about this, and, and many of us, uh, human, sinful, sometimes have a negative approach to it, but rule, rule over you. The fact that God established a kingdom is, is explaining and displaying for all of us the type of God that he is. He is a ruler, he is a king, and he is a leader who will establish structure. He is master over us. everything. Yeah, and he will govern over us. He, he, gives, uh, he gives us his word as a set of rules and govern, but then it is very important to, again, know the fact that this is a heavenly, this is the God. God became man to be amongst us as a king and teach us exactly what it is the kingdom of God, which is exactly the contrary of what we many of the times know about it or we expect about it. We, we, do so, we do see some similarities. I was talking to Luz the other day and I was telling her that on earth, monarchies are established by dynasties, right? Uh, families of hundreds of years and they come from this family and then there comes your king. Well, we can trace Jesus' genealogy back to Adam and Eve. God, and that's is actually, also, yeah. God is also a God of structure and that matter. Um, a king has the power, has the dominion. When you go to a certain kingdom right now on earth, you go to the United Kingdom or Spain, you know they have a king and you know that is a guy. He, he has the power and the people around him serve him, do maintain the rule. Well, God's kingdom is also like that in that, in that aspect that the king is sovereign and he rules and his rules are the ones who dictate how, the, how his citizens live. But where we start seeing the amazing difference in this kingdom with God is that God is God and men are men. Men will do evil and God is perfect. 
a perfect, loving, saving, redeemer, server God. Not a king like you and I are accustomed to see. This is a king who will leave the throne, will come to you, will serve you directly, will give you his life, and will give you the kingdom. And so that's what we start seeing, that this is not a kingdom like any other kingdom. It's a special one. It's the kingdom. The genealogy thing that you brought up, it's something that both Matthew and Luke touch on. Uh, Luke is the third gospel in the New Testament, Mm -hmm. and they bring in the genealogy of Jesus. And the reason why is because just like every other person that will say, oh, you say you're related to King George V, let me see your your family tree, Tree. right? Um, it's the, the Israelites, it was the same thing. That promise was carried through. And the only way that someone can claim uh, the throne is by saying, I come from a line of kings. And that's what Jesus came, not only from the line of David, but he also came from the line of Judah, mm-hmm. which was the one that God called out to bring through the king, mm-hmm. the Messiah. Yes. So it was really interesting to see this so that it'll serve us as a stepstone to start seeing that this is a spiritual kingdom. Now, if we, if we go back to what were the people, the contemporaries of John mm-hmm. and Jesus, what were they expecting? They were wa- expecting yeah. uh, a, a king that would overthrow this other Roman empire, this mm-hmm. other Roman kingdom. They were uh, expecting somebody that would, would take over and be like a King David and would would defeat all the enemies. It's our expectations too. I mean, for us, a king is a person of power and authority, right? And Jesus came with humility and he states it himself, I did not come to be served, but to serve. What king prior to Jesus and since Jesus will come and say, I came to serve, not to be served? Zero. Zero. (laughs) And that's, that's why the Jewish leaders disregarded Jesus. They did not recognize him. He wasn't fitting their expectations and their Exactly. The and Jesus quite on you know, was anticlimactic mm-hmm. when he came. Mm-hmm. I mean when he Concerning came Concerning when you put it up to the expectations of what they were expecting, not so much as hoping, but expecting, there's a huge difference between the two. And and the uh the experiences that they had. The, they had experience, as you mentioned, Egypt, then their own rulers, good and bad, um, but bad in all Mostly of them. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they had experienced Babylon, took them away, and Assyria, then the Assyrians and the Philistines. They, their, their experiences, all their, their surroundings, also put the set it set the tone for what they were expecting. Going back to that anticlimactic entrance yes. of Jesus. Yes. I mean, he was baptized in the Jordan in the dirty Jordan River. Yeah. Okay. Then he went to go be in the desert for 40 days in the wilderness. Tempted by Satan himself. Mm-hmm. Um but then what did he do after that? He went to the fishing village. Yeah. And went to the 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 fishing areas. Uh, he didn't go to the palaces. He didn't go to the, to the, um, the makers and the shakers. Yeah. Who it's did he go to? 
to the people, to the lowest of the low, to the needy, to the sick, to the the one who was a leper, to the prostitutes, to the tax collectors, like no way this is a king. To the people, <laughs> to right? the people that if there were to become a kingdom, it would be a debilitated kingdom, a yeah. weak kingdom. Yeah. It would be a kingdom of delusion. Yeah. Because honestly, if you talk about a ragtag group of nobodies and no one would fear them. I mean, that's the reason why the Babylonians and the Assyrians and the Philistines came after Israel because Israel in their fallen human nature fell into worshiping the gods of these other people and by doing that they put themselves in a debilitating place to be able to get taken over not only that but god gave them over because in all honesty god is the one that was holding on to them and god chose to give them over because these people that's where they wanted to go that's where their hearts were right but he always always brought them back and that's the other beautiful thing about the kingdom of god and the difference between what we know as kingdoms if you're an expat an expatriate and you leave the uh, the united states and you move over to spain or whatever the president of the Bye. united states is not going to come looking for you knocking on your door come back we miss you. We want you back in our You're in Forget trouble. You. We hear you're in trouble. We're coming to help you. No. Oh, Forget no that. When I was in Honduras, I had to look up because it was a trip advisory three, which means a lot of caution because there's kidnappings, cartel activity, blah, 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 down in Honduras, right? And I looked it up, and the one thing that I found interesting is that it made it very clear that if I went to this uh, one of the places in Honduras called Gracia de Dios, which is kind of interestingly ironic, which is uh, the grace of God, it says very clear that if I were to get kidnapped in gracia de Dios, the United States will not come to rescue me. They will not send their seals. They will not send their rangers. They will not even send a coast guard. That's why it's called gracia de Dios, because gracia de Dios was going to go after you. That's That's what I get up about that. Thank I God guess, I went uh, to La Paz. <laughs> I guess that what we're, what we're trying to put up in front of you, and, and I really want to put in the place of whoever is listening, is that don't, don't feel bad. Uh, we can all be misguided, and we all need the revelation to be shown and taught to us. Um, in, in this day and age, uh, monarchy looks like this very fancy and pompous, pompous guy sitting in this palace and when the babies are born in the monarchy the whole world is watching and they put them in these robes that are made of silk and are very fashionable and famous and they're shiny and they their your eyes are drawn to it to it but then here we are presented with a king that it's born in a stable Surrounded by barn animals and barn smells. And and the first visitors that pay him a visit are the lowest of the lows. The the lowest, the shepherds that were outside. Um, Angels made the announcement, right? But there weren't. uh, There wasn't. It wasn't posted on social media. It was just the angels announcing this to the shepherds. And of course, we need to. We need to erase all of that. That we're being fed. And we need to look at this spiritual kingdom with the eyes that God wants to give us so that we can grasp the truth that this kingdom is from heaven, is the heavenly kingdom, is the kingdom of God. 
and that we can absorb it, we can learn about it, and we can make it our own for what it is, not for what we want it to look, or this God that we want it to be precious and gold wrapped. No, this is our servant king, our servant God. And we need to wrap our minds around that The idea. God that would wash our feet. Leave the throne. The, yeah. the, 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 the creator of the universe would stoop down and wash our feet, let alone take our Ours. cross upon himself. If you think demonst- on this, is in Isaiah 6 that brings in where Isaiah encounters God in, the, in, in his throne and his robe is so long that it mm-hmm. covers the temple. All, all, yeah, the temple, right? And this same God whose robe covers the temple takes off that majestic holy robe and puts on the flesh of human weakness because the one thing about our king is that our king didn't just come down uh, to spend the day with us and then go and stay in a five-star hotel for the night. Uh Uh and and be able to rest and get a massage and have his feet and his hands manicured and then the next day come out into the streets to give out food and to shake hands and to kiss babies and then go back for the jacuzzi. He did not. He, by putting on the human flesh, the human flesh, he also put on our weakness. He put on the struggle of the temptation. Jesus never sinned. The entire 33 years that he lived, he did not sin. But that does not mean that he was like, oh, sin. Eh." He was tempted. He struggled with temptation. He struggled with the hunger. Does hunger not make us sin? Yes. He struggled with exhaustion. Does exhaustion not make us sin? Yes. He displayed anger, but this was righteous anger because anger is not a sin. It's the actions that we do in response to it. But this is the God. This is the God that took on our lowly, pauper clothing, our skin, and left behind his divine majesty. I like that you mentioned this majesty that you're talking about in Isaiah, and it paints a very awesome picture for us. Let's not forget the fact that, yes, this is a majesty, a God of majesty, sovereign, creator of the whole universe. It's not that we're saying that our God is a lowly uh, servant, which he is, but it's not denying the fact that he is the king of kings. And... The fact that he delivered the kingdom to us, it has a purpose. It serves a purpose to teach us of his structure, how he works, how he rules, how he governs, and how he wants his people and his children to dwell with him, to live with him and with one another in this kingdom. It's setting the, the first step to teach us that in this kingdom, we will do things differently. What you, what you said made me think of, a, of an upcoming episode and one of the parables. <laughs> yes. yes. But uh, we'll, that, that's for uh, um, a, a little bit down the line. <laughs> yeah. But we'll be talking more about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God and what it is. 
and focusing a lot on the parables that Jesus told that paint pictures that help us use, you know, their earthly stories with heavenly meanings, helping us to understand what this otherworldly, this divine, this not of this world concept of the kingdom of God is by using terms and stories and things that we are familiar with here in this earth. So with that, kind of a little prelude to what uh, to expect in the week's ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for joining us uh, for this, our first um, podcast of Forward Through Faith. We're so glad that you're here, and we would love to close in a prayer, if one of the ladies would like to to do that. It will be an absolute honor to come before you, Father, Creator, Master of this universe, our ruler, King of Kings. We just ask you, Father, that you bless the words that are being spoken, that they be from your spirit, and that the people here in the Father open their ears and their eyes, and Father, open their hearts that they may receive your life-giving word, that they may hear the call to come and join into your kingdom, Father, your kingdom that walked this earth in human and flesh, and the kingdom that still walks this earth within us, among us, through us. Bless this day. Bless every single person that hears us, Father. May they, may they encounter you. All of this, Father, we give to you and we place into your hands in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. To keep learning more about God's Word, join us at San Pablo Lutheran Church located at 301 South Chutes in El Paso, Texas or call us at 915-858-2588. To learn more about our ministries, visit our website, www.ylm.org.